Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymcclain. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash McLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello and welcome to the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. This is Casey McLean. Uh, today's guest is Gabriel Rutledge. We recorded this episode, by the way, if you're not watching the video version, we recorded this in our hotel room in Boise, Idaho. It was a, a very fun, <laughs> a very fun break-even trip to Boise, Idaho. Uh, so we are recording from our shared hotel room um, on a couch at the Comfort Suites Airport Hotel <laughs> in Boise, Idaho. Uh, Gabriel Rutledge is a guest. He has a podcast called The Rutledges with his wife, Christy Rutledge. He has an album called Good Luck in Court that reached number one on iTunes. I helped uh, I helped do some editing and production work on it, so go check that out. And uh, uh, we have a kind of tour, Gabe and I, uh, that we are continually adding dates as places in the country reopen. Uh, sorry, not even places in the country, places in the region reopen. It's called the Northwest AF Comedy Tour, which you can find future dates at northwestafcomedytour.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, you can find me all over social media at the Casey McLean. I have another podcast with a couple buddies of mine, two comics called High and Inside. It's about sports. Um, what else? You can find Gabe, by the way, at Gabe Rutledge or Gabriel Rutledge. He's got both of those screen names on, on different platforms. And the other one is <laughs> invariably like a youth pastor, he told me. So uh, Please come see us do live stand-up comedy. Please subscribe to this podcast. Tell a friend, tell a coworker, give us a review on Apple Podcasts, wherever you uh, wherever you consume podcasts. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy Gabriel Rutledge. This is the second in-person podcast I've done, by the way, and the other one was also with you. I'm, I'm going to fucking turn. This is... All right. We're, now we're, like, uh, on a date, you know? This is... Uh, so what do you want to do? <laughs> I haven't been on a date ever, but that would be my opener, I think. <laughs> so what did you want to be? So the, the other funny thing about this, first time on video, people are seeing this, and I immediately am like, can you see my balls in, up my shorts right now? That's actually a good, good I can, thing to I can notice. crop the video if necessary. I, I did a show uh, this summer. Hi, everyone. I'm Gabriel Rutledge, professional comedian. Uh, I did a show this summer. in. It was uh, at someone's house. It was going to be backyard. We moved it inside because there was like You're a criminal. six people. It was, it was highly illegal. <laughs> um, but 
you know, they were. You ab- did the show for your own household, I take it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, they adopted me just for the day and gave me money. Uh, and they, you know, they were outside. The guy, the guy's wearing like shorts or whatever. And then I'm doing, I'm in front of his fireplace, and then he is sitting in his like dad chair, but like wearing like swim trunks basically. Yeah. And I just, I'm, I'm the look down, and I just see balls. Like I'm, I'm just trying to tell jokes and an dogs are running around you know what i mean and it's just like oh i have to do this while i look at his balls i'm this is like a this is a rough potential angle right like depending on yes. where my balls land if you were shorts, reclining though if yes. you were reclining right now it would be uh you know a real subtle sex show have you ever accidentally you know when like women they'll have like women are required to wear some stuff that as men i would not feel comfortable in. i think we can agree on that sure there's times where like a woman has her nipple out and she doesn't notice, which means that the has to mean the other stuff that she wears is so close to having her nipple out that she it's indistinguishable because every time my genitals or any private part have been close to being out, I am fully aware of it. I think I'm aware. I definitely, uh, you know, living with a woman, I definitely feel like I ask her things. I run stuff by her like she's she'll be like your ass is hanging out mm-hmm. you know and I, I you know, but that's that i can't i have no ass and a belly it's really hard to keep your pants up <laughs> all right uh i don't know where my march is but if there was one we'd be pulling our pants up the whole time <laughs> you have a king uh a hank hill body <laughs> yes i do holy shit that's hurtful but so accurate <laughs> you need ass implants <laughs> also also i one time i was what the Grinch, live action Grinch with uh with Jim Carrey, I was watching with my wife one time and I go, Is that what I look like naked? <laughs> and she laughed uncomfortably hard. Oh, and I'm like, that's ah, funny. fuck. Uh but 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 so I she'll say like my ass is hanging out or I ask her question, not like, is my dick out? Mm-hmm. But I'll be like like certain pants, I'll be like, Is this a little too much balls? <laughs> am I am I leading every conversation with my testicles if I wear these pants? Like I try to, yeah. You know, I think about that in comedy because the angle, mm-hmm. like we're up, depending on the venue, we're <laughs> yeah. up, and then they're down here, and it's just like they're just staring at my crotch. Even on flat ground, the you're close to ball level, right? Yeah. But then when you're elevated at all, you're like. Their eyes are very close. You know what I freak out about is that like little dribble of piss under your <laughs> pants. I think, dude, every show I have to piss before, and every show I'm stressed out that there's going to be just like oh, a quarter size thing of piss. Me too, absolutely. Because I've had some, I've had some bad times. I've had some. Uh, <laughs> I had one time, by the way. This is how self conscious I am about it. I spilled a little bit of water on my pants and I went up and I was like, I have to talk about it. Like nobody can even see it, right? And yeah. I was like, I have to talk about this spot of spot it's water, not piss. I have to tell them that. And uh did not go well. They didn't think it was funny at all. Do you know the amount of times I've said, Well, I better address the elephant in the room <laughs> and it was the elephant in my head. Because <laughs> no one I remember one time I had I don't remember what was wrong. I think I had, I don't know, but I had to take eye drops and I ended up being allergic to the eye drops. Oh, whoa. And so I'm like, is this just a really bad infection or is that, you know what I mean? It was, they were just getting redder and redder. So I was like, I remember walking on, I was in Canada. Um, 
I walked on stage and it was one of those things where like, well, better, by the way, I know I look kind of insane. And it's like, no one could tell. No one was close enough to even see my eyes were red. <laughs> I just started the whole show in a weird hole. That, and then the rest of the show, they're probably like squinting, like, oh, I, they are a little pink in the corners, you know. <laughs> it's also funny because, like, every comedian in the world, it seems like, besides you and me, smokes weed all the time. Yeah. And so they're probably like, that's oh, that's true. weird. He's that's got true. white eyes. What's up with this comic? That's true. <laughs> that's a good point. They're like, yeah, I thought so. Because you've done, we were talking about this this earlier. I've never smoked, I quit smoking weed way before I started comedy. And I can't imagine doing comedy high and then there's people that are like high every single time they do comedy i don't know how they do it i I really don't well depending on the comedian i do know how they do it because Poorly. they act yeah they act they're like you're like oh that person's high yeah like, you know what i mean but there are people who very very functionally uh and you know i mean i i drink but i also don't i have no interest in having t- four drinks before the show I, yeah. I really that's not a good feeling for me i'm i'm too way too big of a control freak to like feel like you know i it's homework and i can't remember my lines or something i yeah. don't want that feeling so uh but yeah especially because it's you know to be an old man about it it's like it's one thing to be like i smoke a joint before my show in 1982 mm-hmm. but like now it's like holy shit like the that's it's not it's a mild drug in the sense that you're not going to od and it's no one's living under an overpass because of weed yeah but it's not it is not a mild drug it's yeah you it's know. very psychoactive it's yeah. not it doesn't cause you to hallucinate that's the or pass out on the on the side of the street right like if that's what you need but it's like yeah it's caused me panic attacks you know like i don't yeah it, it's not a uh yeah i agree with you i i just told you i'm not doing any more weed shows you know here you heard that motherfuckers (laughs) here in the northwest there's a couple of uh well other places too there's like marijuana themed shows where the performers get high and at one of those (laughs) i got high you know in the alley and then uh show where all the best comedies created i was thinking of how glamorous uh comedy was yesterday when I was trying to clean ink off of my jacket and pants, I got for the for the folks at home. I got ink all over my jacket and pants on the plane, and I'm sitting next to a pile, uh, just a an embarrassing pile of fast food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's super glamorous. While we're sharing a hotel room, and uh, oh man, yeah, I can, we can see the beds we slept in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, beds, beds, beds <laughs> with a Z because we're cool. <laughs> Uh, but so I'm getting high outside of the venue and I'm not a common marijuana user. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not my jam. I don't a couple times a year. Maybe most of the times I've gotten high, it was to get money at this point for, I professionally get high. That sounds like a different <laughs> profession. <laughs> it's a I can't, I can't be a sex worker. Not high is what yeah. I'm trying to say, but an ambulance showed up. Oh, wow. So it's like I'm paranoid already, and then like I see the, an ambulance coming. I'm like, what if that's for here? And then it shows up, and then it, for a second, I'm like, what if it's for me? <laughs> like I felt fine, sort yeah. of, but I'm just like, what did 
what if that and they they went into the show someone had fallen in the bathroom it was like a oh, whole wow. thing and then i had to go on stage and i i did riff about it but it was just like just like oh it's like all your worst dreams coming true you know like i'm gonna be paranoid i hope nothing weird happens and then it, they all happened you know i have a very boring story about one of my last times smoking weed which is uh i smoked weed and I, I was like, you know those parents when you were growing up that let their kids smoke weed in the apartment? And you're like, these are so such cool parents. Yeah. And then in retrospect, you're long like, oh, as yeah. I know where they are when they're doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm like stoned and there's like it's like a, one of those like cookie cutter, like single dad apartment type places. And uh, there's like 15 people in the living room. And I'm like. In the, I now know that it was a panic attack. I didn't have that oh, like shit. that uh, like verbiage back then. And people are talking, and they're like almost talking. In my memory, they're just like going around the circle talking. Obviously, it's probably going back and forth. But there's 15 people in this apartment, and I'm like, every time someone talks, I'm hearing what they say, and then my mind is finding the true meaning, what they actually mean. Yeah. And then I get behind, and I get anxiety over that. And then I'm like, I notice that I feel just like cold and stressed out and i'm like well maybe i'm trying to like talk myself out of this panic attack i'm like this is probably just in my head yeah it's probably nobody else can see this and then my friend's mom walks out of her bedroom and she goes what's wrong with him and points directly at me and goes he looks sick and i was like Oh, and then just a fucking tailspin. Like, I'm underground. I yeah, because so that's the feeling is, like, everyone knows. Yeah. And then you try to talk yourself out of it, and she knew. She yeah. fucking knew. That. She hadn't seen me ever before <laughs> and walked out and goes, what's wrong with him? She yeah. didn't have a point of reference before. Like, I've seen him normal. He looks weird. She just felt like she walked out and goes, this person I've never met before, what's wrong with him? Which is ex this is this is my like, yeah it's one hundred percent of my exact fear. That's I mean that's a that's an age thing, but it was kind of the cool thing about marijuana when it was illegal. Well, where we are right now, it is illegal. Yeah, it's it was this weird like I think this guy gets it. This guy, you know what I mean? You didn't. It wasn't like you just went to your office job and talked about the edible you had on the weekend. Yeah. It was like still. A thing where it's like maybe at a family function, you and the cool relative would go to the woods. Yeah, you met uh, the cool relative yeah. in my family yesterday, by the way. <laughs> she, she was she's the cool relative. We'd be like, oh, where? I'm not gonna say her name. Like, where is where is she and he? My uh, um, well, let's say other relative. Yeah. And like, oh, okay. Well, I won't tell. I won't say anything. But I do feel like that. I f I feel like pot smokers are trying to keep that going, but it's like it's gone. There's yeah. no, it's not an exclusive club anymore. We just craft beer now, basically. Ex yes, exactly. It's just like, oh yeah, have you had that? Uh, have you had that double IPA? And like, yeah, I've had it. It's good. Yeah. You know, not my favorite, but it's. But also, I can't. I'm not. I can't judge it that much because I, I mean, people still try to make alcohol their personality. Yeah, and well, that's been legal so you forever. met me four years ago. <laughs> but I mean, not even in a craft, not even in a nerdy way. Just like yeah. I fucking party, bro. Do you know what I mean? I mean, oh, that's half my act. But I, I, knew, <laughs> I know I knew a guy that had a he got a PBR can tattooed on his body at like forty one years old. He had many other tattoos. I know I have a joke about first tattoos. He had several other tattoos, but he. Pretended to like PBR so much that he got it tattooed on his calf. That's commitment. Yeah, that's 
and I I and I I prefer a domestic light beer. Mm-hmm. So it's I have my I have a shit palate for beer, but PBR <laughs> hipsters, it tastes like gasoline. Like what are we doing? What are we you know I feel that same way about Rainier, which is like I just get a headache when I drink it. I don't like Rainier that much either. And I mean this came up on stage last night at the show we did where it, where I said I was from Olympia and the guy yells out Rainier. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like the beer from Seattle. Like what? Yeah, that's what funny. are we? Uh, I think what did I say? It's like being from a town called Budweiser, and someone yells out Miller Lite. <laughs> it's not bad, not bad. This uh, might be on TikTok as we. Uh, <laughs> it could be. <laughs> I'm, I'm desperate for 59 second content, so it definitely could be on there. Uh, but uh, I forget what I was going to say. Your turn. <laughs> I'm gonna kick it over to my partner Casey. <laughs> By the way, this is me. Uh, this is like seven months after I pitched us having a podcast together. We're 11 minutes in. We don't know what we're talking. I forget about. why I brought up Olympia and beer. And, it well, was Rainier. Uh, it was people having beer as so, alcohol. Rainier so. sucks. And Olympia beer, where I'm from, it's I don't. We don't make it anymore. Right. I think it exists, but it's awful. I mean, Olympia beer is horrendously bad. It's actually, I think almost all that stuff is made by Pabst. There's yeah, like yeah. seven different beers that are just the same beer in a different can. And like Rainier and yeah, Pabst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Olympia is one. I think like Hams is one. I do like a Hams. Yeah, what that's what is funny about that is I, I think it's truly the same liquid. And because it comes in a Hams can, you're like, oh, I like that. Lone Star in uh, Texas, yeah. I believe, is also the exact same liquid. And they're like, you're like, ooh, I really like a, a Lone Star with some barbecue. And if someone True. offered you a PBR with some barbecue, you'd tell them to fuck yeah, off. Yeah, you'd be like, well, <laughs> yeah. to base the chicken or to taste? Because I'm not going to. Yeah, that's true. Any shit beer that's local, it's, 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 so yeah, Lone Star specifically. Like when I go to Texas, I'm like, I should have a Lone Star. Yeah. But it's it, only right to have a Lone Star. Yeah. Fix. What else would I do here? Like it, it's basically Miller Lite of the region, but I'm still like, yeah, I got to, got to do what the local dipshits do. <laughs> I had a, that's actually my, the last Budweiser, uh, Bud Heavy, some call it. I, I love that. <laughs> oh, no one without an alcohol problem calls it Bud Heavy, by the way. No one, no casual, I might have a beer during the football game drinker, goes, ever goes like, yeah, I'll take a Bud Heavy. <laughs> my, my uncle, my uncle Rick, uh, he's passed away from uh he, had, he was like a severe alcoholic he actually got sober in like the last three years of his life he died but... of bud heavy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he came over this is this dude would drink 24 he, he would he'd make a pot of coffee in the morning when the last cup of coffee was gone he opened his first beer that was his rule never before you discipline drank the I, I appreciate yeah. that yeah he was uh, he was the face of discipline actually <laughs> <laughs> He well, drink... coffee's out, so what choice do I have? <laughs> he would drink 24 Miller High Lifes every day. Holy shit. Yes. When he, I used to recycle cans, and when he would come over for, uh, like, to visit our family, I would, it was like, it was like doing, I would make so much money and also have my uncle who I liked until about 6 p.m., and then it, it was like it made, it took a turn. The, yeah. The alcohol started to kick in a little harder. Uh Anyway, he um, – why did I bring up my Uncle Rick? Miller High Life. Miller High Life. 24 of them. Um, oh, my God. That's a shocking amount, though. It is a lot. Like if he had to do the – Oh, sorry. Right. I know why. 
he died, and we went to I went to his. Uh, no, this is the reason why he came over to my my when I first got into craft beer. He came over to my grandpa's, and I had like a couple. Uh, I was visiting my grandpa, and I had like a couple beers. Uh, this like it was Drifter Pale Ale from Widmer. It was my first like favorite beer. My first beer was like this is my beer. this is my new identity. Is this Drifter Pale Ale? I like Drifter Pale Ale and baseball. That's not that's everyone ba- gets something, but I found it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and he grabs a bottle and he goes five and a half percent. You fucking kidding me? What are you an alcoholic? And I'm like. Uncle Rick, what are you talking about? And he's like, five and a half percent's a lot. And I was like, have you ever looked at a Miller High Life? And he's like, yeah, no, it's not five percent. It's like two percent. And I was like, give me a can. And it was like four point nine percent or something. And yeah. he's like, oh. And it's like he, it's like it suddenly clicked in his mind why he has you know like liver disease. Cause... What is twenty four times seven? <laughs> a lot. There, a... I mean. I should not have brought that up because 120 plus 48, 168. If he filled out that form correctly at the doctor, where they're like, "How many drinks a week do you have?" and he was like, "168 a week." Is that a lot? <laughs> they would have admitted him immediately. 100, 168. I just did the math. At 168. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, forget your liver. Just the the amount of gross urine that man produced i mean well here's the thing that's most upsetting is he's taking in like 20 like three thousand calories of beer a day was he a large man 140 pounds fuck i know it's what an asshole i'm gonna i'm making mental notes right now to switch to miller high life (laughs) there's some sort of uh some maybe it's the diuretic aspect i'm not sure but (laughs) Yeah, they they actually put a little bit of uh, amphetamine in it to, to balance it out. Oh, uh, what an asshole. I know. And Miller High Life, by the way, garbage. It's like one of the worst beers ever. I mean, I'll enjoy a couple, but I just... Well, listen, I'll drink a PBR if someone's giving sure. it to me for free. I did a backyard show at like the, the height of COVID where they were like, this guy brought me up a Rainier can. And I'm like, I cannot tell my wife about this because she is going to be so mad that I, this guy touched a Rainier. I hate you, Rainier. You cheated on me with what? <laughs> Rainier. Is that what you wish I was? A fucking Rainier. You left our family to drink a Rainier <laughs> on a farm in Eatonville from a guy that was heckling you. The beer that is the pride of Olympia, Washington. <laughs> you let a Rainier touch your lips. I'm going to, this is a hard segue. Eaton, uh, Eatonville wasn't very sensitive about, uh, <laughs> about, about social topics. I feel like I'm uh, going up a mountain pass behind a semi. It's like, and the, the gears are like. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm Byron allen you right now. <laughs> so I, so we, I, I've heard that you're really into uh, edgy comedy, Gabe. Is that uh, uh, Absolutely. It's just not from my lips. <laughs> I am the Miller High Life of comedy. That's you know what I mean. It's like yeah, yeah. if it's at a party and that's what's available, <laughs> I'm not going to seek it out. I'm not going to th- you know I'm not going to turn anyone down. I wouldn't want it to be awkward, but it's not something I would personally consume. Yeah, it's uh, I wouldn't drink it for an hour, but uh, you know, <laughs> ten fifteen minutes. I'll <laughs> listen. This is the thing. I'm not going to tell someone else to stop drinking it because I don't want to make it weird in the room, but. I mean, I am against. It's a you know whatever. Well, this is an analogy. I'm I'm ruining it already. We've we've gone one iteration too far. 
on this analogy. Um, comedy has another controversy. We're in the home of the. Uh, we're presently in the the epicenter where all good comedy journalism comes from, Boise, Idaho. Yeah. We have not seen the uh, comedy's most notorious journalist this weekend. He's. I've invited him to the, our live show. Did you really? No, I wanted to. I actually did. I actually thought about it, and then I was like, there's just no good that would come from no. that. No. Uh, and I don't know. He wouldn't come. No. He's been very, he's been very uh, I was going to say vocal, but like, He's written yeah. a lot about uh, how there should be no comedy shows. Right. So, no, he, I don't think he would show up. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, what he would do, this is what I was worried about because it is a door deal. I was worried he would do something that would make it a problem for ticket sales. Like write a story that made it a problem for ticket sales. And if I, if there's anything that could stop me from having principles, it's money. You know. Sure. I mean, that's been the whole covid battle where it's like it's uh and maybe it even sometimes i think money isn't my excuse right to keep you know what i mean when it's i mean it's somewhat safer now and we're both half vaccinated so together uh, <laughs> when, our, when our powers combine we're the captain plant we're captain vaccination of- together we will defeat Anyone who's had the Johnson and Johnson one, that one's <laughs> bullshit. No one, no. Uh, it it's 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 somewhat safer now, I suppose. But like, especially when things were more unknown and at the peak of uh, pandemic-y stuff, it's like obviously I did way less comedy, but I was still flying to Kansas and you yeah. know Oklahoma and and I would you know it was not an easy decision to not cancel. But I just kept going, okay, this is my job. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, everyone at the club's going to be there who works there. Everyone's going to be, you know, I it, I was weighing it against financial, current financial and future financial, meaning like after coronavirus, you know, do I want this club to be the, I don't want to be the guy who canceled to this club. Right. You know, so it, it's, it's in those, what's his name, Seth? Seth Simons. Seth Simons articles. You know, he'll throw a lot of statistics out and he'll talk about how maybe it's not a safe idea to be around people laughing. And I'm not even saying he's wrong about that. Mm -hmm. But it's very weird to be like, I'm the guy who's going to exclusively shit on comedy for a living. Well, yeah, I I don't understand that. At he's all. not he's not going after like bars or live music or anything nope. like that. And why he thinks that like what I don't I mean, and there's a million people having this conversation, so we don't need to. But by the way, I do want to point out I have the blue mic cable. You have the red mic cable. You did a lot more comedy than me in the pandemic. Weird. Shocking. Shocking game. I hope, I hope we get a <laughs> noise complaint uh, over this. I am what's mic. known as an entertainment Republican. <laughs> meaning a Tim Allen. <laughs> And did you listen to? I haven't talked to anyone about this. Did you listen to his WTF? No, he did a WTF. I actually thought it was really interesting. I don't think he's an incredible comedian, but his the stuff that he said about like why he supported Donald Trump got misquoted so badly course, as I'm it sure. always does that I was like, oh, this like this is just another example of they just want they want more people to hate him than already did. I've, also, I'll say this about Tim Allen. Uh, well, 
entertainment wise, like I am, uh, despite my red cord, I am uh, left of center. Yeah. Uh, I probably would have said liberal. I'm down to left of center. You know what I mean? That's I know. As you get older, shit shifts a little bit. I know. It's like I'm not moving. <clears throat> I'm not moving right. Everything is moving right. left, and I'm staying in the same right. spot. I just think you should date within your own race. And for some reason, <laughs> for some reason, that's changed. <laughs> <laughs> jokes, Seth. They're jokes. Uh, I think you should be allowed to be married as long as it's not someone of the same sex. Right? That's, <laughs> sure. Now I've I mean, done it, too. So we're, sure. <laughs> now we're both sure. I don't think that makes me conservative to say. <laughs> uh <laughs> Oh Christ! Um, but yeah, it it is it it's. By the way, I said sex and not gender because I'm woke. That's what just happened. Oh, that's there. So good of you. Fuck! I am so woke. Uh, the fuck. What was I talking? Tim about? Allen, Entertainment okay. Republican. Tim Allen is a conservative person politically, mm-hmm. and you know he is allowed to say potentially dumb shit or be misquoted. Because all the comedians and left say dumb shit and are misquoted. Right. But for some reason, at least not in real life, but on Twitter or whatever, it's just like for a couple days, like, fuck Tim Allen, this piece of crap. To the point where people are like, he did less prison time because he narked on someone. I'm like, what are we? (laughs) If he was a real man, he would have done the time. Is that what we're down to? Wait, and I thought like, I thought drugs... I thought drug crimes we were against. Yeah. And I thought that because, prison was inhumane. Yeah, because, by the way, I don't know if everyone knows, listening right now, thousands of you, uh, he did, like, four years for, like, cocaine. Right. Some sort of distribution of cocaine thing. But yeah, but, uh, again, it's just one of those things where, like, if, if the cops are on your side, they're heroes, and if they're not on your side, then they're all pieces of shit. And yeah. That, and that's the entire political spectrum of... of uh, yeah, that's I. I said this on the episode with Katie Herzog, but I believe this very, very completely. Which is, I am left of center. Also, um, you know, we heard from what I said earlier. I'm left of you, but uh, <laughs> the uh, I'm left of center. Also, but I find myself arguing against liberal stuff more because I am inundated with it. Where like yeah. I'm, I don't. So then you become like, I still think that Tim Allen's a dork, like for being as weird about. Uh, liberal like anytime someone says the democrats or the liberals or i mean and truly like or if they go the conservative i'm like oh you're just like you've ended the like any semblance of rationality before you said your point because you're just lumping everyone into one fucking category The, the odd thing about tim allen specifically is you couldn't have been less political for your professional life until mm-hmm. somewhat recently. Yeah, that's like that is a weird thing. It's like when people start smoking weed for the first time in their forties, and then it becomes their identity. Kevin like, Smith is that what we're talking <laughs> well, about? Okay, <laughs> all right. I didn't know you were going to actually name the person I was talking about. How uncomfortable! But it's like I, I've actually said that about him recently, where it's yeah. like, oh, like this is because you're missing something, not because you weren't. And then when people pretend like it's been a lifelong passion. You're like, oh, dude, like, just say this is like, I mean, just be honest about it. And then we don't have to do the, like, I don't, Tim Allen's just, like, rich now. Yeah, but I, it's weird because he got, he got that kind of, uh, he got that, like, he's had, you know, he still makes shitty sitcoms. Mm-hmm. I, I've never seen a minute, but when's the last time anyone has seen a sitcom that was 
tolerable even. I know. Um, of his or just Jim Anyone. Yeah. I anyone. Agree. So I'm assuming they're shitty. Um, but if he gets canceled, all of a sudden there's a big rally now from like conservative people right. who like, let's save the show. And like, so it's like, it's kind of, he kind of stuck with that side, I think, because they're. Because they stuck with him. They stuck with him, you know. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the shit where they're like, they're like Louie. They're like, Louie's a conservative now. And it's like. No, he's not. No. Like he's he's he has to do fucking Arkansas because you made him. You know what I mean? Like he's not a conservative. He's just going where people aren't gonna fucking protest his shows. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think anything. Uh, I don't. I mean, to make it back to Seth Simonson, it's. I think is that his name? Seth Simons. We're just adding syllables. That seemed vaguely uh, racist, what I just did, and I, I, apo- I apologize. I don't even know what race he is. I mean, he's white. I Anti-Semitic. Said. It seems vaguely anti-Semitic. I don't know why. But <laughs> just a- <laughs> Seth Goldberg. Anyway, I, that's what it sounded like. I'm just saying that's not my intention. Uh, I have no idea. So every time you hear a Jew- Jewish last name, you hear Goldberg? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Only if it's Goldberg. <laughs> Uh, but it's, you know, he writes a lot about like the alt right and stand up comedy, and I'm, there's plenty of dipshits mm-hmm. in stand up comedy, who are you know sort of the free speech warriors, but your free speech is you just want to do pussy jokes. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's not, but at the, but he writes about like it's an organized movement, right? Of like everyone goes to their alt right comedy meeting, and here's what we're gonna do to bring down the leftist, and it's like no, it's just stupid. Dick jokes. Yeah, it's just, it's it's so funny that the thing that now it's like there's when you think about conservatives, people think of this like combined evangelical and like fiscal conservative. And there's actually like two, the evangelical. The, I think like Tim Allen is pro, is not an evangelical. He's like a fiscal conservative who doesn't give a shit about gay marriage. Right. Doesn't give a shit about uh, bathroom bills and stuff like that. He thinks he's getting taxed too much. He thinks the government is con- in control of too many things. And I think that there's like to the same thing that occurs on the left, right? Where you're like, there are Puritans on the left also. Right. And then there's like these guys who are like, oh, these fucking Puritans are silly. And maybe even they fall right of center. But the idea that they're like, because to me, alt-right means like, further right than either tim allen or an evangelical right isn't that, is yeah. that what it is to you or does it i mean? think it used to right but it's it's kind of it's, well we've bastardized it to mean anyone who's not far left yeah basically. i mean if anyone called me an alt-right comedian i would immediately reevaluate everything right <laughs> it's not what i'm going well for. if you've heard some of the jokes on this podcast <sighs> give a that's give a, good a dm that's a good, that's a good point <laughs> uh but it's because that's not just not how I'm wired. I'm not like I want to. I want to fucking see how far I can push it. That's yeah. not how. That's just not right not my thing. But it it's it's uh, it seems disingenuous to me when I'm going to avoid his last name when Seth does write about like he writes about things like they were like important moments of 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 policy instead of. It's a dumb thing someone said in a vaguely racist podcast. Right. I also think the thing where you go like, if you took what you've said on this podcast, this is a great example, the racist stuff you said earlier. If you, (laughs) which one? If you took the tone out of it, yeah, and 
didn't realize that you were saying it ironically if you just put it in print right yeah or if you like you're being sarcastic or whatever like what you're saying by saying it is that i don't agree with this but that requires a little more nuance than a fucking black and white print version of the joke and if you if you flatten the joke to that point a lot of people sound pretty bad for sure and i think that's like the challenge of social media of course is like everybody gets to see it and not everyone's in on that part of it um but yeah i think like the if somebody called you all right they'd be wrong and also you'd be like fuck is this gonna ruin my career yeah for sure and, and I that's kind of what he wants to do is ruin it, people's career it seems to be <clears throat> yeah which is really weird i just don't understand i mean in in, a, in some ways i don't begrudge anyone who found a lane where they can make money but at the yeah. same time where it's like does do you just wake up in the morning and google comedy controversy so you can have more content what kind of fucking life is this yeah well i thought i think it's kind of funny to think that he might be the most loyal legion of skanks listener in the fucking world is Seth simons because and he's just hating it he just spends hours a week probably on their patreon just like (laughs) he's contributing whatever amount of money a month he's at the top tier yeah of uh of their patreon so just in case they might be saving the really terrible shit for their patreon so i better get on there yeah well and i think the other thing is is we've done this thing where it's like so this lady uh ellery smith who by the way at some point on twitter i followed her and then like many people in the 2019 2020 election run-up i found they became so annoying that i unfollowed them so i will say she is a very funny writer on she tweets funny stuff and then she just out of nowhere connects she essentially tries to make a connection between Shane Gillis who made some like probably under nuanced Asian jokes. Sure. Uh, I'm sure he was embarrassed when that audio hit for sure. And and like, I think one thing that always gets left out of it is he was imitating, literally imitating somebody else, like a racist person from the 20s. Yeah. It was sort of like, this is what a racist would be saying. If he was a more talented actor, maybe that would have been more obvious. Right. But like that is, I watched the thing because this is, you know what a real good way to find the middle ground is when a story comes out and they're like, this person said this horrific thing. And you're like, okay, let me actually watch it and make sure that's true. Right. And you're like, oh no, of course that's not what they meant. Well, that's why when, like when I said that joke earlier, purposefully saying something racist and pretending I was liberal still. I should have. Like, after every edgy joke from now on, I'm going to be like, and scene. <laughs> Just to let people know I'm known for my character work. You think Seth Simons <laughs> can't edit that out? <laughs> we got to have a digital or like an audio watermark that's like, this is a joke. <laughs> like the audible, the audible. Um. So, so this lady, Ellery Smith, uh, comes out like trying to connect that between the Atlanta shootings, which were tragic, but then we don't. I mean, this is the wrong podcast to talk about the Atlanta shootings, but this idea that jokes are violence or things are you said it actually. I don't even. This is just like a, a way people say things now. Yeah, they'll go, "Oh, this thing that I don't like, it's violence," which is. So that – because I kind of missed this thing, this whole controversy a little bit. So her – the first thing she put out was that, like, Shane Gillis and she, – She said, like, I remember about a year ago or two years ago when somebody lost – got their 
uh, SNL offer revoked over racist jokes, and everyone defended him. Um, Asian jo- or racist jokes precede violence. Okay, whatever. Like okay, and then of course what happened is people took five seconds to search like potentially offensive terms in her Twitter and found her making offensive jokes. Of course. Some of them very funny. I will say that. Like that's that's always the unfortunate thing is you're like, fuck, that's actually the best thing I've ever seen that person write. <laughs> uh like I get why they got into comedy. That makes sense to me now. Yeah. Um they didn't always hate it. Uh and then you know, there's like this big pile on. So of course uh, one of the things that happens is these like rabid fans are making death threats or something like death threats or they're being unpleasant in a way. And that's like no good. And that's probably not even related to being a social justice warrior as much as like just being like an attractive woman in comedy or a woman in comedy, period. I, I don't brutal. know why. Brutal to be. It seems in incredibly comedy. difficult. Or life. But yeah. Yeah. I uh, So I get that. But also it's like. Then Seth Simons is defending this woman. So it's like very obvious. There's no what, consistency whatsoever. Right. What the thing is, is I don't like these people. I don't like the shit they do. I don't like the, you know, it's like a, it's like nerds and jocks all over again. Right. That's all it is. Yep. And, and it's, I, the thing is, nobody gives a fuck. This is kind of like the, nobody gives a fuck about Seth Simons. Nobody's stopping ellery smith from doing comedy nobody's you know I, yeah. this idea that like the alt-right comedy as though comedians can agree to become that organized in anything period right. is silly well that's why i think it's also the the idea that wokeness is preventing people from working is also vastly overblown oh sure it's you know what i mean like even audience members would be like Probably find hard to find a place where you're even allowed to be funny anymore, huh? Yeah. And it's like, well, I appreciate that you're a Joe Rogan fan, but that <laughs> is not the case. You know, it's just not yeah. true. Where it's like, it's it's you know, like all oh, these colleges. I hear these. Well, these colleges were always hard gigs where you had to be clean or whatever. You know, so it's like, it 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 is both sides are. But in for Seth Simons, the alt right probably feels more real to him because. They try and dox him, or yeah. or they go, "I'm going to come to your house and kill your mom." So it, to him, perhaps it is more of a real. But then, when people like that's the thing is like then when it's people going like white men are a disease on Twitter, like that's also potentially harmful, right? Well, that's why the upsetting thing is is like uh, violent incidents towards asian people are like way up mm-hmm. right something's going on um that is something we need to be talking about and addressing but if the go-to is like these people were just killed or like that you know this poor old asian woman was like beaten up and it's like i think it was jokes yeah i think the first step is to like uh acknowledge that of uh, very poorly pulled off Asian joke leads to people being murdered at a, at a massage parlor. Right. It's like that to me, that actually ruins any sort of actual conversations we could be having about what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. 
because it's just look things change and it's like there there's people do uh make fun of asian people in a way that they probably shouldn't and that is changing mm-hmm. and that's a conversation worth having also but it's just like not not everything is violence not everything is is um yeah you know that we're talking about real problems but in the same way that like everything isn't because of white supremacy right you know i mean it it's it it to me the, the conversation all that takes the conversation down a weird road every time yeah. uh, a, 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 an actual important topic comes up well also like i think another thing and this is just a classic comedy thing i think is comedy was before the pandemic comedy might have been bigger than it's ever been in the history of comedy and still, my mom doesn't know who Shane Gillis is. No. I have to re-remind my wife every time I'm talking about Shane Gillis, because that's mostly what we talk about, is uh, I come home from dinner, and I'm like, I have a lot of, of opinions on Shane Gillis. Shane. She goes, who? And I go, he's the guy that got fired from SNL. Shane Gillis is your wife's safe word. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just stop. Yeah. <laughs> she actually says Seth Simons. That's her safe oh. word. Seth Simons is my wife's safe word. <laughs> It might be a podcast title. Um, I don't want him to listen to this. Just for your sake, you have kids to feed. So. Oh, that's a good point. Well, I mean, we're joking, but like literally anything can be misconstrued or even just certain audio that leaves out other parts of the audio. And mm-hmm. I'm not big enough to be canceled, but right. at the same time, it's like it is a weird – it's a weird uh, – you know, I don't – even though I don't agree with most of his stances, if if for some reason I, w- I was one of the people being talked about, I would still feel like I had fucked up. Do you know what I mean? Even though, yeah. I, I, even though I don't necessarily judge all the people he writes about because I feel like he's kind of giving half-truths and yeah. um, it, it still would be like, oh, no, is that what people think my lane is? Well, and you even know. if they don't, now they do, right? Because he's got—I mean, like it or not—he's got some influence. I the the other thing about that that bothered me was this Ellery Smith lady lost her job writing for Robot Chicken, and then so the guy, the guy that um, started, what? the guy that started the whole thing. What? <laughs> See, I didn't understand. Okay, so she tw- tweets the thing about jokes against Asian people are violence. Mm-hmm. People dig up shit that she said in the past, and she lost her job. Yes. So th- this is the thing, though. It's, uh, I think Tim Dillon, Mike Racine. Um, I don't know either of them, by the way. I make it sound like you know my our buddies Tim Dillon and Mike Racine. Uh, they share the, you know, they whatever retweet the things, and then when she gets fired, they're like, "This is not good," and people misunderstand because I I'm like, this is I believe in free speech. I think it's got some very bad representatives. So I yeah. like I really cringe most of the time when I hear people talk about free speech, but I do believe in it. And because of that, I don't think she should have lost her job. No. I don't think Shane Gillis should have lost his job. And I, she, to her credit, she uh, she tweeted like, I did lose my job, and it's right, and I still believe in it, which is one, like, at least she, it's very rare that people want, are willing to take their own medicine, right? I mean, yeah, I would give her credit for that, but I'm also I I agree with you. She shouldn't have lost her job, right? Like it's it's uh. Well, and so that's what those dudes said, and everyone goes, "Oh, sarcasm now," and it's like, no, 
even though I disagree with this person and they've actively tried to hurt what I do, my principles still dictate that I don't think she should have lost her job. Yeah. Yeah, that's consistency on that side. And it, but right. it, again, it's like I know Seth writes a lot about Tim Dillon, and I listen to Tim Dillon, so that's why I know he's full of shit. Right. Seth is full of shit because I'm, he's quoting things, and I'm like, no, I listened to that episode. Mm-hmm. And you're the context of what he said. First of all, he's trying to be outlandish and crazy and do characters, and it's not real. Some yeah. of it's not real, you know, but it's like the way yeah. he talks about it, almost in the way that, like, sometimes you're trying to guess the tone of an email where you're like, are they mad at me? Are they trying right. to be funny? Like, you, it's, it's almost that when you're like reprinting lines, like you were saying. So yeah. it, it is this weird thing where it's like, I, the, my example of this is always when I when I was uh, dating my wife for like a year, I lived in this apartment that had two other guys in it. It was like the cheapest apartment we could find with three bedrooms, and one of the guys I was like good friends with, and I was like, "Hey, neither of you have seen Blazing Saddles. Let's sit down and watch Blazing Saddles. It's one of the best comedies ever made." And we got like twenty minutes in, and my friend's like, "Hey, can you pause it?" And I was like, "Yeah," and he's like. Is it th- this movie's kind of racist? And I was like, yes, it's making fun of racists. And it's like he had no, like, I don't know if it was sensitivity or stupidity, but he just could not find the, like, yeah. oh, they're making fun of what they're saying. Like, that's yeah, why yeah, they're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. It's like Tim Dillon is sometimes in his own voice depicting something he disagrees with, right? Right, right. As, like, as a form of humor, to be like, listen to how stupid this sounds. And it's also, when you're advocating, well, now I'm going to misquote him, but, like, if you're, if you're like, jokingly advocating for, like, I don't know what, you wishing someone was dead. Right. To be, like, what you get out of that is, like, uh, Tim Dillon is uh, in favor of murdering so-and-so. And it's like, yeah. really? Really? Yeah. If that was true, my wife would have killed all three of my children every day of her life. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know. Well, I think the other thing, too, and this is just, like, the double-edged sword of, like, comedians can, ex- like, tough expression. I was going to say expose themselves to an audience, but they can find exposure. Check your shorts. You all right over there? <laughs> That'll get you canceled. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if I just put a video on YouTube and nobody noticed and my balls are just hanging out the whole time? I think you should blur them out anyway. They're not even out, but just put <laughs> just a blur over both of our fucking... <laughs> but, like, make, would you make it a big blur for me? <laughs> I had this video. I, you know when people get into, like, they're like... They come from something else, but they like kind of like comedy. I had this photographer that was like, without your permission, um, on this show that I've photographed, I can't. I need you to sign a release, or I can't uh, have the pictures on social media. And I was like, yeah, I'll sign the release. And they sent them to me with my face blurred in the photo because they were going to try to use the photo anyway, but with my face yeah. blurred. And I just thought it was so funny the idea that whatever was happening on my face was like un. It was like too much for TV, you know. You can't have this. This needs to be censored. What's going on? I, when you, I'll be watching a TV, a reality show, and it's like there's a whole table of people, and then like there's one person who apparently didn't sign the form, and so just one face is blurred out, yeah. and you're like, it makes you think, like, what the fuck happened? Like, what? What's this person's story? But. 
But I, I want to say this is why to call out again. I do the same thing as you. I'm left of center, but I spend more time defending the right. So yeah. I, I want to say what is so full of shit about the alt right is it's almost this talk of like, hey, we don't care. We don't have an agenda. Right. We're just trying to be funny. We think you should be able to laugh at anything. And it's like that's – if that was true, you would write uh, – uh, you would be also writing clean jokes. Mm -hmm. You would uh, – you think it's more fun to have a joke that has some sort of uh, uh, like concentration camp reference right. or talk – about someone's race, you think that's more fun than doing, but to, they're trying to sell this thing like they're Brian Regan. I just want everyone to have a good time. That, that's not true. Right. You don't walk on stage and go, you ever fucked a black clear, I guy? I don't think that's what the alt-right does. I think that's what the people that Seth Simons, I don't think the alt-right is going into places going like, I just want you guys to have a good time and be very white. Like, I think, I think that right. the, the quote-unquote alt-right comedians. But I, yes, but I do, I do think that that, that's what, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think they're allowed to do that, but I think it's a little disingenuous to be like, we don't have an agenda. It's like, yeah. even if your agenda is like, I want to do filthy, inappropriate material, fine, but like, let's not, let's not act like, um, like the world's changed, yeah, and it's it's people were always doing these. N no, not yeah. really, not really. Do you yeah. know what I mean? There's of course there's always been edgy comedy, but it's like the idea of like um you know there's some New York people, especially not like the top level sort mm -hmm. of like mid level alt right, <laughs> yeah, where you're like oh this is this your comedy literally would work nowhere else. You know, it's yeah. it's not you're not just going on stage um, uh, hoping to get some laughs and have a good time. You're doing a very specific. Of course, they want laughs, but like a very specific thing that doesn't. And if and if you can fit into if you can make that some sort of almost fake political movement of like, no, this is actually good for us. Uh, you know, I can get the argument that like in a Blazing Saddles way, if we're all laughing at each other, I do think that's actually more helpful Mm -hmm. than if we're all in separate rooms divided by race and gender doing our own comedy shows. Yeah. Well, you know. but I mean, honestly, like, I mean, I, we've probably talked about this on here before, but like the people who are offended most frequently by race jokes are white people. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that there's no... I also will hear people say, like, there's never, like, there's never been a black person that's ever been offended by my joke. And like, one, well, just because people aren't... You may not have had someone tell you but that doesn't mean people weren't offended. Yeah. But also, it's okay for people to be offended, which is, a, that's like, to me, a thing where we have to be consistent is you go like, we go, uh, well, this person was offended by this joke. Well, it's like, yeah, there's like 17 times I've heard someone say that God isn't real on stage. People are offended by that also. Like, I'm not personally offended by it, but we, yeah. we what we've done is we go like, well, this person's offended and that matters. This person's offended. It doesn't matter at all. You don't have to be kind to this person because they check none of the boxes that we find valuable in 2021. Yeah. And it's it, like, that's just, that's, it's like, it's intellectually dishonest. I also yeah. get that, like, of course, white evangelicals aren't the face of oppression. I get that. Sure. What? I don't know how that should factor into, like, uh, 
who's allowed to be offended at a comedy show? It's a comedy show. None of this is that important. You know what I mean? Well, <clears throat> unfortunately, it's there are people who I think are pretty apolitical. Like I would say Bill Burr, for example. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting to see each side use him when it benefits them. Sure. Like if he he defended that person who got fired from the Star Wars show because he mm-hmm. worked with her and he was like, oh, she's super nice and right. she seemed cool and I don't think this is right. And then it's all online, all the whatever. What's the – Ben Shapiro will like share it. Like you know what I mean? Like Bill Burr gets it. And then uh, sometimes Bill Burr says the thing that the left side would like and then right. they share it. Like, oh, yeah. and he's got a black wife, by the way, so that's cool, too. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of weird. So it's like he's, I think, that's an can, example. Can I say, it's got to be so weird to be Bill Burr's wife when you're like, Bill Burr does something fucked up, and then both sides are, like, sharing pictures of you going like Yes. How <laughs> fucking bizarre is that? Yeah. How crazy is that? In fact, the hardest laugh I've had on Twitter in forever is um other than reading my old tweets of course of course <laughs> this guy's good oh it's me <laughs> uh is the last thing bill burr did that was, he said some something when he was given a grammy yeah about oh i bet feminists are freaking out because some straight white cis man's giving out the the latino award or whatever i don't you know i don't know i don't even know why it got any it didn't seem like anything to me also it didn't seem that funny it wasn't like anyway it, it <clears throat> For a minute, he was uh, he was on a trending thing on Twitter, and then of course people go, uh, people's reaction when they see who his wife is, and they show that picture, and then someone responded to that picture like, just because a white man is married, I'm paraphrasing, married married to a black woman, it doesn't mean like just if you're keeping a minority as your sex slave, it doesn't mean you're not. <laughs> and she, Nina, is that her name? Yeah. Think so. She responded to that tweet, and she just goes, "Shut the fuck up!" And I laughed so hard. I was yeah. showing it to my wife. I'm like, "This is so funny." Yeah, it's just like some white guy on her behalf. Mm-hmm. On her, she's married; they have children. Like on her behalf. I wonder if this black woman knows that her husband could still be super racist. Yeah, like sit. Down, dude. Well, it's also the thing that's crazy about that is what that dude sees is a white man married to a black woman, and he sees a slave master slave relationship. Apparently, that's what he sees. Yeah, right. And we don't go like, oh, that guy's the racist. Actually, you know what yeah. I mean? There's no possible way that Bill Burr could be dating this woman or married to this woman without it being that kind of like what a fucking condescending piece of shit. What a regressive opinion to have. Do you know what I mean? This is where it's like these are the when I when I think about the free speech advocates, I don't like their representatives. Also, when I think about the like left leaning people, the causes that I care about, sometimes their representatives are fucked up too. Yeah, a- absolutely. That that idea of that idea of you know, it's it's white people telling people of color how they should feel, kind of. Right, and that's like. You would think that would come from racist people. But or this is actually – I think this is what it is. It's white people telling other white people how people have yeah, gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is the most insane thing to me. It's like I should trust what you say, guy who lives in a college town yeah. in Iowa 
and exclusively communicates with either people who are the like all of the minorities that you communicate with are in your major. Yeah. I should trust you over the like 45 minority forklift drivers I've worked with in my life that are like not these are the supposed people working class people you're defending you piece like it's just it's all bullshit it's all grandstanding bullshit well and, and it's it's i you know i i want i put more merit into what the person of color says obviously if they're talking about a person of color issue right but it it, it, it is that weird i don't know it's that weird thing where um like every everything that used to be sort of i don't want to say sell for a while it was celebrated and then it it sort of just started becoming more natural like there was a time where people thought inter, inter, interracial dating was like immoral mm-hmm. and it's like i felt like in my lifetime of course there's still racist people but like that's becoming kind of a non issue mm-hmm. But now, all of a sudden, it has to be constantly acknowledged. And it has to be, like, even stuff that, for some reason, has just worked out, where it's, like, where it's like a lot of white dudes are with Asian women. And it's, like, I can't say the word, fetishizing. Fetishizing. Right. Everything's, like, fetishizing. Well, that's what biology is. Like, do, yeah. do, you, know, do you know what I mean? And it's, like, I don't hear all the asian wives bitching about it right well i think there's certainly there is a white guy that fetishizes asian women i get but i but the problem that i have with that and it's the same thing as the bill burr thing is that doesn't mean that every time you see it i believe it is actually racist if every time you see an asian woman with a white man you assume that he fetishizes asian women isn't the dream to not even notice? Isn't yeah. the dream to like uh to not even it's two people who are together. I don't yeah. need to know. I wonder what internalized racism led up to this meeting. I wonder what <laughs> I wonder if she knows that was her, her, his fourth Asian relationship. Right. Or you know, it it's it's like all these things of like it's like uh you know, I get when you go to therapy. I've I've been told uh, <laughs> it's what the you know the root causes of everything. Why we don't need to do that? We don't need mm-hmm. to walk around and go like, I wonder what fucked up shit brought these two people together. Right? It's 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 when I this is years ago, but when I first started touring the South, um, and it's you know there's a different history of racism in the South sure. than the, the Northwest, um. Uh, but the, when I, I was talking to a, uh, a, a black man that I was working with in the South and he was like, yeah, the South gets a bad rap cause maybe we have more Ku Klux Klan members or mm-hmm. whatever. But he's like, way more people are interracially dating here than they sure. are in the Northeast. And they're, they're the ones that are supposed to be like the woke whatever and we're the fucking redneck hillbillies mm-hmm. there there's a so the last uh freakonomics podcast that i listened to it ended up being an interview like a kind of not the typical interview on that podcast which is there's this dude and i can't think of his name i was gonna try to look it up but my phone's over there um he wrote a book about how 
if you're like a black professional, he's a black guy. I should start with that because that's very important to him having this opinion. But uh, he's basically like what happened is after uh, slavery and sometimes, you know, maybe after Jim Crow, a lot of black people moved to the Northeast, the West Coast, etc. And those places actually aren't any better for them than the South. And they actually have roots in the South. And mm-hmm. the, so people should move back to the South. And then they could actually, if they did that, start occupying the politics of some of these places that are traditionally very conservative and make a real difference, right? Like what happened in Georgia right. was bigger than what happened in Wisconsin or whatever. You know what yeah, I mean? That's why they had to change all the voting laws immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make sure that never happens again. Yeah. And so I thought that was like, uh, I thought it was interesting. I haven't, I haven't read the book and I'll, um, maybe I'll. I always say I'm going to include something in the show notes, and I zero percent of the time do I do it. But go check out the Freakonomics episode; it was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's yeah, that stuff to me is like. Um, first off, if you don't, if you don't, if you start everything at I'm going to view this through the internalized racism lens, mm-hmm. you can make connections. But that's not how we're supposed to to judge things, right? We're supposed to start at a clean slate. And, right. and use the evidence to guide our outcome, not start at the outcome and try to figure out where the origin is right? based on what we already know the outcome to be, which is this horrible thing. You know what I mean? Like, we, yeah. I do think these things are horrible. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a weird, and I mean, I mean I'm mean, i uncomfortable with half the shit we just talked about because I'm, I do the own thing to myself. I hope I didn't say anything can be misconstrued. Why? I'm married to a white woman. What the fuck am I even talking about interracial right. marriage for? It's like, it, it is, I think some of that fear is like white people know that maybe it's not our turn to talk. <laughs> but, yeah. but some of it is just horseshit. Yeah. Some of it is, is just... Um, you know, it's if all of us are pretending to be something, then that's not actual change. Do you know right. what I mean? If we're all just pretending um, that, yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird, it's a very weird time where, uh, you know, I'm 47 and it's there that term identity politics or whatever that was like not a thing. I didn't, no one ever, right. people identified as all kinds of stuff, whatever, Irish italian black korean of course all those Name things all. don't stop at those see i shouldn't have i shouldn't have mentioned any and i started white did you see how i started white <laughs> what a fucking supremacist uh, oh boy uh that was my own internalized uh <laughs> but but it, it, of course people identified as things but just at, as i well, thought an interesting thing <clears throat> for me too is like when i talk to uh Vanessa Dawn, one of the first episodes of this podcast, she said that she doesn't like to be called a POC. And I'm like, oh, well, that's great to know. I say black. It's like, I, I, yeah. I don't ask what people want. I like, I've been around enough black people. I don't say African American because what I've been told by the, like, the majority or the, like, overwhelming majority of the black people I'm friends with or know, they call themselves black. Mm-hmm. They ask, they prefer that I call them black, so I just I'll do that. If you don't, if you want me to call you POC, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, but like, no, nobody else is asking either. They're just going, well, all these people, all, all these people from all these places, they're all in one fucking group again, you know? Yeah. Which is like it's a tactic that existed like 
I know. I know. That's that's what's you know. If we're all just sort of, even if it's not real life, if we're if it's if it's just some sort of weird internet segregation, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's it's very it's very very bizarre. And I also you know um, I, I you know I'm acknowledging my own like it might. Coming from me, like, hey, who cares what you are? That's really easy for a fucking white person to say. Sure. I totally, I totally understand that. But it's, it's. I do know that fear of people who don't look like you is not progress. I do know that, and that's I think happening more, be, because it's like whatever. You work with a trans person at work, and your immediate reaction is like, oh fuck. I hope I don't. Yeah. Uh, mess this thing up, or what if I mess up a pronoun? I know. Or, or, you and know. I even think that shit is like, because I, I I've had this thing, and I, you probably have this experience also, and I definitely say you do if you haven't. Uh, <laughs> it, ha- but like, it happens to all guys. What am I signing? <laughs> what am I signing up for right now? <laughs> I've heard a lot. Of, I've heard a lot of people say like, "Oh, if you misgender someone, you get fired." And like, my experience is, I've done that. I've misgendered people, sure. and they never. They will correct you, and then you go, oh, "Okay, yeah." Like what? Like oh, I prefer they them pronouns. Okay, like that's fine. My my, you know, you know, if you like, it's why would you care? And then it's like also at that point, if you just continue to say the wrong, call someone, mention someone just calling you the wrong name yeah. on purpose, just because they don't yeah. believe that's your name. Well, then you're like, you're, that's that's an asshole. Of course, I'm going to be rude to that person. But if if someone called you Gary, mm-hmm. and you go, "Oh, my name's Gabe," and they were like, "Oh, my bad, I'll call you Gabe from now on," at first you might be like, "Well, it's kind of shitty that he called me Gary." You'd get over it, like, yeah. and so like most like the the thing that that the people who are like they scare other people into thinking that if you fuck up, it's termination immediately. Yeah, and and, and I agree that like actual real life. I mean, I, I think almost everyone has misgendered someone or wrong right. pronoun someone, and it's I've I have never seen a time where there was any anger about it. I've never seen anyone like "fuck you." How dare you not acknowledge yeah. who I am? And you know, I had this moment when I was a kid. Um, I was I used to referee soccer, and it was a girls like whatever U nine or something like that. And there was a the best player on one of the teams was this girl with like short hair, and literally the opposing coach was like, "That's a boy, you she's too good, that's a boy." And I'm like, "I'm fucking fourteen or something." Like I, I'm like, "I don't know, man." What am I? What am I supposed to do? And they're like, "You need to make sure that that's a girl." And I was like, "I went over to the other coach." Oh my like, Listen, god, dude. Uh, I mean, I'd probably call him dude. I was like. The opposing team thinks that number nine is a boy. And he's like, we get this all the fucking time. She's not a boy. And it's like, God, what? first off, what a shitty position to put me mm-hmm. in. But also, like, I have some, like, maybe not perfectly woke opinions on the sports argument. But at nine years old, yeah, you would rather be a bigot. Like, the risk, the, the risk of being wrong is that you are a bigot. The risk of being right is that for the second half of a soccer game, uh-huh. it's a little bit easier. Yeah, it's it's the worst case scenario is your nine year old girls team loses. Right, 
like, yeah, that's <laughs> what a position to put you in. I know. At 14. Excuse me. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. If I could just to take a moment of your time, I wanted to talk about the genitalia of one of your. Uh, best players. Oh, fuck me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, wow, that's... I know. I've seen the kids who who uh, uh, referee soccer games. You know what I mean? And I, I, I didn't know you at 14. I was saying your beard was shorter then. Yeah. But, <laughs> a little patchy. <laughs> a little patchy. There was a, there was a, there was a couple <laughs> patches with no hair. They were this whole part right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It came in on the right side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... The... the it is also crazy, by the way, as an aside, because we should wrap this up soon um, before we both get completely canceled. Oh, we'll do all the worst oh, after is, we... Is uh, this behind a paywall? Yeah. <laughs> by the way, we've said literally nothing that should be offensive. Well, I know. But... That's, that's the other thing, too, is like I do identify with the thing where it's like, I'm going to say it. I don't seek out to make offensive jokes. But sometimes saying something offensive... Is the funniest thing you can say, yeah, within the premise of the joke, and there are times where I'm like, "Well, shit, I can't." I think this is brilliantly funny. I'm trying to do this as a career, and I'm stopping myself from telling this. No, I know, I know, and I also think one of the reasons people end up being in the camp of considered alt right, like it's a union, right, is because. They say a joke, they say some jokes early in their comedy life, and people get bent out of shape, and they think, and then they go, "Oh, so you think that's offensive?" Right. Well, fuck all of this then, and I'm just gonna go, you know, here come the Nazi jokes or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. It, it's it's. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, I think that's like probably true of all comedians is the shit that gets to stage is not the most sadistic shit we've thought was funny, right? Right. Like, there's shit that I think is funny that I wouldn't, even if it was completely unfiltered, I wouldn't feel morally good about saying on stage. Yeah. Well, I think the price of, this has probably always been true, but the literal price of being a stand-up comic, it's a smaller price, the lower your fame level. But, like, we are going to make people mad even mm-hmm. me who is just middle of the road we don't know anyone's politics when the show's over mm-hmm. it's you know especially online people will say like this joke not just that it sucks but like this is offensive or how dare you or and i and i see you know that happens to literally every comedian of any persuasion or leaning or you can you you know what i mean i see it happen to lesbian comedy friends of mine there's nothing that buys you not pissing people off it's the literal price of doing comedy so i i I think the only difference is when a lesbian pisses people off it's usually people who the seth simons of the world don't care if they're pissed off right like if it's it's white evangelicals or whatever who the whoever yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like their violence if we believe offending someone with jokes is violence there's the suggestion is that violence against that person doesn't matter but see i would actually make the argument that there is no style genre whatever you are gender that doesn't make the left mad 
There is not one. <clears throat> if you are attempting, this would be a terrible idea, but if you are attempting to be the wokest comedian of all time, you would probably offend more people on the left than if you weren't trying to do that. Well, also, I think as time goes on, the woke opinions get revealed as not the woke. Like, 92 Crime Bill, for example, there were, like, black leaders in favor of it. They're like, we need our communities to be cleaned up, and this is the way to do it. And it had these enormous secondary consequences. I I would suspect mostly unintended, but it had these consequences that, you know, incarcerated hundreds of thousands or millions of black men and i think that's like uh you know comedy is exactly that serious by the way the 92 crime bill is exactly as serious as it's exactly (laughs) as important as what we are talking about casey we're free speech warriors and (laughs) it's the important and also with age i'm older than you but it's like my first recollection of rupaul Mm -hmm. was like this uh, lady, <laughs> I, I, I paused, but yeah, yeah, I'm right. Well, but but that's a, is the but I don't know if that's even right. That's the other thing too. Is like, well, I at the time I well, thought RuPaul, she was a, she was a lady when she was dressed oh, like gotcha, a lady, okay, and a man gotcha. when she was dressed like a man. I see. Or but I think RuPaul is a drag queen and identifies as a man dressed as a woman. I believe I think so. That's right. I believe you're correct. But my point is, when I would see her, I thought. Um, like man, just fucking. I it's an overused word, but brave, sure. like super brave out there, taking so much hate mm-hmm. from people, but also like you know, not that I was like I love her songs. It was never like I wasn't like a fan, but I was right. like I was like you can't get, uh, you you couldn't get more. Um, I don't know what the word is. Uh, uh brave or or. You couldn't be more on the side of like an anti-establishment left yeah. hero, and now young trans people are like, "Fuck that grandma." So it's That's a great point. With age, you just go like, if you're going to be in the camp, as the Ellery has found out, is that her name? Yeah. They will come get you. That mm-hmm. if you if you're gonna be like no I'm gonna be the person who calls everyone out I'm gonna be the person who always says the right thing no you're not not if you live long enough yeah well that's I mean it's like it's kind of like applying for sainthood right where I think even like and this is funny because I think Mother Teresa has some like it's weird to think Mother Teresa has some fucked up shit but there's some fucked up shit that yeah she's yeah for sure with. for sure and you're like <laughs> you're like the example you're like I'm not Mother Teresa and you're like that lady. Like there's you know like racist shit in her past or something too where you're like, uh, first off yeah I mean time is everything's relative and time makes things that seemed woke at the time not woke now, mm-hmm. and then we go like, you can change as long as when you started you agreed with us also. You know what I mean? That's an interesting thing is like there's been a lot of that. Now we're trying to wrap up, but there's been a lot of that. By the way, I don't – I'm fine. We could talk for four hours. I just feel like I, uh, we're going to delve pe- into f- deeper shit. People get mad. This is not like about Ellery, but people get mad, and they're like, I don't like what that person says. It's basically the whatever side you're on, someone's always chanting, change your mind, change your mind, and then they do. Yeah. 
And then the person goes, I'm thinking of, um, what's John McCain's kid? Oh, uh, shit. I, want, I was going to say Sarah McCain. Uh, it's, uh, it's not Cindy. That's the wife. Uh, shit. Well, this is how we end the She's podcast. on The View. Yeah. Megan McCain. Megan McCain. Yeah. She said, you know what? I told everyone to shut up when Trump kept calling it the China virus. Right. And she's like, I was wrong because there's a lot of anti-Asian sentiment out there. There's a lot of increased violence against Asian people out there. And I was wrong. I mm-hmm. should not. It, 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 it ended up being a bigger deal than I thought it would be. And then everyone goes, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like they literally, someone, agree, they're like, fuck, you were right. I'm sorry. I know. And then they just go, fuck you. We don't care anymore. Your dad sucked. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's just, and well, there's that, so many examples of that. Megan McCain's a great example, too, where like she was like, well, don't vote for Trump. Vote for Biden. Because I disagree with him on a lot of shit, but he's better for this country. And we're like, thank God. Megan McCain? Mitt Romney, these people, and then they're like, it comes back around, and they're like, well, yeah, I'm still a conservative, though, and they're like, oh, fuck you then, but, you know, know, we're back to hating you, and it's like, what did you expect? It's also interesting to me when people are like, these are literal Nazis, and then you're like, they're like, well, I think we should lower taxes and take money, and they're like, well, that's fucking horrible also, and you're like, no, that's actually less bad than what you've been calling them this whole time. So the fact that you think that this is going to change people's minds, when you've been calling someone a literal Nazi is insane like you're yeah it's it's yeah it's absolutely true and i think i was hoping that would be a lesson that we all kind of learned because of trump Mm -hmm. um i mean i think the biggest lesson is like don't vote for him again but like (laughs) which might have a shot at (laughs) a a lesser lesson would be like um i'm not concerned i'm not i don't ever want to vote for mitt romney he doesn't line up with enough of yeah things my values, you know what I mean? Not even fiscal shit, but just, you know. But, you know, when he, I mean, when he ran for president, people would like, he would, do you, you're too young maybe, do you remember he said something about hiring women came up? And he goes, I've got binders full of women. Right. Meaning. Resumes. I, resumes. Yeah. And and everyone's just like, fuck you, Mitt Romney, you sexist piece of shit, blah, blah. And it was like. It, it, I still don't get that one. I still don't get what people so, are so mad about. It was so vilified. And then it's like, so then when Trump comes out later and you're like, I think we, I'm exaggerating the point, but it's like, ah, we already called Mitt Romney a Nazi. Where do we go now? I know. Where do we go now? And so I, again, I, I'm no, I don't think I'm going to vote for a Republican president. Um, uh, depends how entertainment keeps going. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if, if you want Gabe to stay blue, vote or uh, book him at your club. But do you know how much that sucks? Do you know how much it sucks that, like, as a person who who does vote blue, that if I'm a little more relaxed in front of a red audience, do you know how much yeah. that sucks? I hate that. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate that. Where I'm like, oh, at least we can have fun tonight. Last night I said to the people that were drunk in the front row and annoying they i said something about like boise's so liberal that you painted the football field blue and uh everyone laughed and then these drunk people go fuck you we're conservative and i was like well all right so you're better comedy audience members and they laughed 
And then they started like, yeah. and I, go, I was like, all right, sorry, everybody. I was wrong. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, yeah, like that's how I feel too. Is like, I don't, we probably disagree. Me and these people probably disagree. These specific people were very annoying. <laughs> it's a big, I have these talks with my son cause he's 18. Uh, and it's a big problem because he keeps saying, since I was a kid, it was like, hey, as soon as this younger generation all becomes voting age, there's not even going to be Republicans. They've been saying that since I was 20. Right. And But, but man, my son, it, it, I think there is, I mean, there's been a lot of change, gay marriage and all. There's been a ton of change. But it's like my son was saying things like that. And I'm like, this is the problem. When one side is way more fun than the other side, that's a problem. And I don't think evangelicals are fun. I can show you my journals from childhood. <laughs> but but that idea of like, is like, yeah, if you, when you're hanging out with your conservative friends, fucking anything goes and it's fun and no one gives a shit and you're hanging out with your liberal friends and you're like, I got to watch what I say and I got to make sure my internalized racism isn't, that's a problem. Yeah, also like Republicans from 25 years ago, like you watch some of the shit that Bernie Sanders was fighting against 25 years ago and it's people saying like gay marriage is wrong right and now nobody's saying that yeah like there's always gonna be the center and then two parties at least on the right and left of that i would i would love to get to the point this is somewhat true in canada not that i'm an expert but i, I i've been there a bunch of times when we were allowed uh we're not long we can't go to canada <laughs> anymore but their their conservative party isn't attached to religion. Yeah. So it's like tax stuff. It's right. oil stuff. Right. It's environmental stuff, but it's not abortion stuff. Right. And that's the, you know, if the reason I will probably never vote for a Republican for president is because of abortion. The reason my parents will probably never vote for a Democrat is because of abortion. You know, if that could just yeah. be off the table... Or, or not only that, but just like, you know, I'm a Christian, so I vote conservative. Or I'm an atheist, so I vote either either liberal or uh, libertarian. <laughs> um, you know, so it it's, uh, it is I, – I, I hope we can do that. And I think there is something like – I don't – like you said, Tim Allen's not like super evangelical, I don't right. think. I don't he, think he is. He did yeah. coke, for God's right. sakes. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Enough to go to jail. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I don't know I hope that happens but it's like to be when if you want to be a rebel and you're 18 right now then you go right it's so weird and so I think that's why they're gonna stick around yeah well the other thing about it is and this is the most exciting thing we could possibly close this podcast right. I have one thing to end it on that's gonna be very fun I think <laughs> for like five seconds but uh, and then we're gonna regret it um I think that the uh, even if the well, first off, if this country voted, if this country voted ninety nine percent Democrat, and they just had full control over everything, it would be fucked up. Also, sure. Also, it's not like this. Is what I was, I said something about. Oh, I, I, we don't need to talk about what I said it about. But if the, uh, by the way, that means that you know that it's too dicey for the I, podcast. I'm like, oh, <laughs> but. <laughs> If suddenly 75% of the country started voting for Democrats, this the presumption is that the Republicans wouldn't change. 
And of course they would change because they still want political power. Yeah. And so there will always be a more conservative party. I, yeah. I mean, I, I do think at some point the certain issues like that are going to become like nobody's arguing for slavery anymore. Some of those issues are going to go no. away eventually. No, I have some hope that we can move in that direction where, right. where, where it's like because I think even in America it wasn't always there wasn't always like an evangelical wing of the like a moral. Right. You know, it it was just more... Well, cause that's because everyone was evangelical. That's a good point. I mean, every, but that's like the thing, right? It's like just the, the, the country changes. Everyone was religious before, and so there wasn't a religious argument because we all agreed on that. And now we that's a thing we yeah. don't agree on. But even that's becoming like the evangelical portion of the, the Republicans is shrinking. Yeah. And now this like annoying atheist side is is there and like there now like you said there's like a gradient of atheists across like the far left the like mainstream left libertarians and i think going into i don't think trump is a fucking religious guy at no all. he didn't do nothing but embarrass himself whenever right. bible talk came up like what do you what's your favorite verse i like a lot of them yeah <laughs> he was very good at avoiding answering oh God, questions he couldn't answer. Yeah. He was, if it was a character in a movie, you'd be like, this is brilliant. I know. But, I talk about that with people where I'm like, if you could have an alternate scenario, uh, like an alternate universe version of him, he'd be the funniest fucking guy in the whole movie. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. But then when there's real life consequences, not even... I mean, there were some legislative consequences, but I just mean for the discourse of the country, it was so bad. Yeah. You know, it's an overused word, but toxic, you know. <laughs> I think if we – I'll close it on this All right. and tell me what you think. I think what we've learned from this whole thing is that in 2024, we need to elect Kanye West. <laughs> I, I don't think he would get a lot through – so I'm kind of for it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think I'm like, I mean, we've had a different kind of crazy person. Let's yeah. see. Well, if you if there's one thing you can say about Trump that was positive, it's that he was extremely ineffective at his job. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Yes. Like, I mean, I guess that's the Kanye uh, uh, slogan is, is like, we've tried narcissism. Now let's go bipolar. <laughs>